Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. I invite your attention to some passages of scripture in Galatians, the third chapter, verses six through nine. Also, Hebrews 11 chapter, verses one through six. In Galatians, third chapter, verses six through nine, the apostle Paul is writing to the saints there, and he is encouraging them through the word of God and he's giving an account of the life of someone that they were very acquainted with in Galatians the third chapter verses six through nine and as Abraham believed God it was accounted to him for righteousness there's another uh, scripture and it says it was imputed unto him in verse 7, it says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, for seeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 6, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In other words, he just spoke the word and bam! There it was. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, he didn't need any tools. He didn't need any equipment. All he needed was to speak the word. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Eternal God, we know that, God, you designed this service with us in mind. But then you personalized it, for you came into this world because you so loved it. And, God, you manifested yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, you bled. You shed your blood for us. 
that, God, we could be in a position today to hear a word that will forever change our life. Now, Lord, let us not just be hearers only, but let us be doers of it. And as far as your servant is concerned, I realize, Lord, that without you, I can do nothing. So, Lord, please anoint me. Matter of fact, lend me your anointing because it's through your anointing, Lord, that yokes will be broken, chains and fetters will fall off, people will be delivered, souls will be saved. Lord, and those that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, desiring to be filled with the Holy Ghost, today's that day, God. Hallelujah. They, Lord, that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And when all of these things are said and done, Somebody's repenting today, right now, and they'll be baptized in your name, Jesus. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I just want to leave this thought with you. Faith that defies the outcome. Children of Abraham, they walk in, in favor. The children of Abraham understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. The children of Abraham understand that they have a rich inheritance. I, I truly wrestled with, and, and this is the truth, with the subject matter or the thought for the day. Faith that defies the outcome. Some of us are facing some pretty bleak outcomes, but that's where faith steps in. You see, it's the faith. It's your faith. Let's personalize it. It's your faith that will defy the outcome of what the bill collectors have said, <laughs> what the doctors have told you. So let's take two words out of this, draw them out to, to help us even more with our understanding of faith that defies the outcome. The two words I would like to lift out to give us a better understanding is defies and outcome. Defies is openly resist. It's to discard. It's to ignore. Outcome. It's the way things turn out. It's the consequence, if you please. It's the end result. It's the aftermath. Now that we put those things in perspective, I'm saying to you faith that defies the outcome. There's some situations and some people now, and I don't mind telling you, I've been in ministry for a minute, as they say, but I am now dealing with some things I hadn't dealt with before. And I, I won't say the names and, and make their situations public, but you, as the family of God, you know you've been praying for you. You've been interceding for them. And there's some situations that the doctors, they, they just said, I, I was in the room when they said it. They, they said, well, listen, in the, in the case of this person, uh, I don't have a crystal ball. That's exactly what the nurse practitioner said. I don't have a crystal ball, but we give her uh, 24 to 48 hours uh, I said, oh, Lord. And the family's walking out the room and, and crying, some of them. And so uh, we have to say, okay, Lord, now it's in your hands. How many of you know it's not over to the Lord since it's over? <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with the days, but I know for sure 24 hours have lapsed. I know 48 hours have lapsed. But, but it's something about your faith that will defy, that will ignore, that will say to the outcome, let's see what God has to say. And so how it is is that 
the 48-hour time frame is gone. I, I think we're pressing two weeks now. The same one that they said we don't have a crystal ball and, and give them 24 to 48 hours. The next day, show you how God is. The next day, they move them to the, the care unit where they just want to keep you comfortable because they say nothing more we can do. So the next day, as God would have it, they rise up off of their bed of affliction. Say, I'm ready to eat. Give me some breakfast. <laughs> Then as they bring the breakfast, they say, hey, hey, I need some sugar for my coffee. See, I, I'm saying somebody needs to understand there's a faith that defies the outcome. Uh, the end is not yet. We, we still have some more situations that are ahead of us. But we're trusting in God. Why, pastor? Because there's a biblical faith. You see, biblical faith is the conviction of the reality of the truths and facts that God has revealed. It's basically saying, and it's based solely on or upon the testimony of God. And this is his testimony, that things which are impossible to men are possible with God. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? That's in Jeremiah 32 and 27 in part, but it's in the Amplified Bible. God calleth things which be not as though they are. Romans 14 and 17 in part. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Ephesians 3 and 20 in part. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23 and 19. While we're now dealing with the subject of faith, please, sir, ma'am, allow me to also bring belief into the equation. Because you see, faith and belief are somewhat related. In other words, they're cousins. <laughs> First cousins, if you would. Belief is the ascent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another resting on his authority and veracity. In other words, conforming to facts. It's actually happening. It's accurate without evidence. Our faith that defies our outcome is maintained by a praise on our lips in a song deep down in our heart. While we're going through our season, anybody going through something in the house, it's all right to be real. You can take off the mask and say, Pastor, I'm going through my go-through right now. But the person that understands that through it, if you praise him, you'll maintain that kind of defiance of your outcome. It's going through our season of going through. However, those that are faithless are prayerless and being prayerless causes us to be powerless that's why the psalmist said it this way i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth you see to have a praise that's non-stop it's not predicated on how bad i'm hurting right now how my knees are acting up it's not predicated on how i feel emotionally about where the church is it is not but it's my faith that defies the outcome as we take a moment and look back at the journey of faith in the life of abraham we'll see that it was 
a process of trusting God. Faith is a process. I know we know some mighty men and some mighty women in God and we just stand at awe at their faith but please brothers sisters guests and visitors let me tell you they didn't get there overnight it was a process it was some stuff they had to go through in order to get through it's a process and as we watch Abraham it was a process of trusting God, even when it didn't seem as though God was with him. Abraham had enough sense to know that he was a promise keeper. <laughs> he was, he's a promise keeper. Let me just kind of chronicle through this. This is the life of Abraham, uh, according to the scriptures, and I'll just give you the chapter. Sir, scholar, read it for yourself. But in Genesis 21, we find the first encounter of Abraham and God. And God speaks to him and tells him, listen, I want you to get away from your kindred. I want you to get away from your family. I want you to get out of this land. And I will show you a land that flows with milk and honey. Definitely a promise, but it's predicated on you having faith in a man you never knew. You having faith in a voice you never heard. Let me say this, because I want to help somebody. You may have been brought up on the other side of the tracks. Your mama, your daddy may have never stepped one foot in the doors of a church. Somebody say that has nothing to do with me. Because <laughs> you see, Abraham's daddy was an idol worshiper. No doubt he taught his son how to worship idols. You set up an idol and you bow down to it. So that's all Abraham knew. But guess what? When Abraham heard a voice that he never heard before, he took heed to it. He said, get up from this land, leave your family, leave your kindred, and go to a land that I will show you. He went on to tell him some other things. He went on to tell him, listen, you're going to be the father of many nations. And I love this part. Did you realize in order to be a father, you at least got to have one child? He didn't have a first child. But if you continue to chronicle it, you'll see that God again told him, oh, it'll be your, your seed, your seed, your seed. Please, everybody get that. It's his seed. It's not nobody else's seed, but it's a seed that's going to proceed from his body to his wife. His seed will be as the sand of the sea, innumerable, and the stars in the sky, if you can count them. So God makes him this promise, and you continue to follow his life. But then you, you find out time passes, and, and it laps in Genesis, the 17th chapter. God finds himself having to reaffirm to Abraham, listen, I know we had this discussion some close to 10 years ago, maybe, and nothing has happened yet. Everybody say yet. I'm starting to fall in love with that three-letter word, yet. It is something about yet that, Minister Prescott, yet keeps you right here. It keeps you on the edge. It keeps you with anticipation and expectation because you know it, it hadn't come. Talk back to the preacher. It hadn't come yet, but it's coming. So he's reaffirming to him in this portion of Scripture in the 17th chapter. It says, and when Abram, his name hadn't been changed, it was 90 years and nine old. No, he was 99 years old. The Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make thy covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. I'm encouraging somebody. You have put your prayer life on hold. 
Matter of fact, I'm being truthful. You got it? Where it's collecting mothballs and dust. I plead with you. Go back to that place called prayer. Go back to that place where you met God and God met you. He didn't leave you. Matter of fact, conversation goes like this. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. But where are you now? What you say? You're too busy? You don't have time to serve me? But how can you serve me if your heart is not with me? God said, there's a longing in my heart that we come back together in prayer. I miss my time with you. I miss my time with you. Abraham, he falls on his knees. God begins to reaffirm what he said he would do for him. And if you go into chapter 21, God's promise is fulfilled. See that? We, we, we don't like the process, but it's the outcome. See, we all like the outcome. We like the outcome when our faith defies, ignores, resists what the man said. See, the man will tell you, you ain't going to be nothing. Daddy wasn't nothing. Your mama wasn't nothing. And you ain't going to be nothing. So Abraham is about to see it come to fruition. All what God had said to him. 21 says, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Not a day before, not a day after. See, whatever God promised you in the light, don't doubt when the darkness of your trial, your go through comes. Remember what he said and stand on his word. His word will never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle of his word. You can take his word to the bank. It's good. And he said, I visited Sarah when I said I would. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son and his at his old age, at the set time. Ooh, hallelujah. It is something about the set time. See, we have our times that we have calculated. We, we have our times in which we think things should happen. We, we do that. We have expectations when a woman is pregnant. We say that she's carrying the baby for nine months and then she'll have it. But what if God said that's not her set time? Well, what if God did for her that he did for my grandchildren to, to be born one pound and six ounces? That was the set time. I know what I'm saying. Is in my spirit like this. Faith that defies the outcome. I'll never forget going to that hospital for mercy and grace. Mercy was about two pounds and, and some ounces because he ate all of the food from grace. And that, that's why they had to go in and do a C-section to, to get them out. Bro was hungry. But the doctors, they, they practice medicine and they do a good job. But I, I love when doctors come to the end of their rope and, and say, Mr. Haynes, and, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but the chances, uh, one pound and six ounces, that, that's not barely able to fit in your hand. I don't think they'll make it. And if they do, they're going to have complications. This one is not going to be able to see. The heart is not beating properly. Anybody that know mercy and grace, <laughs> know that faith defied the outcome. Faith. Now, I know that to be a fact, because I'll never forget, kind of shook me a little bit. Because one day we went in an EQ and it was sobbing and crying. And I asked the nurse, what's going on? One of the, the infants 
they passed away. It was somebody we knew personally, not just from going up to the NICU and meeting them, but we knew them. And I'll never forget, it was so sad, but it made me realize God, first of all, he's sovereign. And there's no doubt in my mind where that little beautiful baby is. But I'm so thankful that God allowed faith to defy, to resist, to ignore what the doctors were saying. Let me get back here to Abraham because now it's the set time. Now is the time where God said it would happen. And guess what? It happens. Life is good. (laughs) Abraham has this beautiful little baby. If you fast forward to chapter 22 now. Somebody said, wait a minute, he's grown now. Hello, time has passed. It's not equated to the chapters, but the next chapter over, now we find Abraham's test of faith, his faith in God. Does he really believe like he says? See, sometimes we really think that, oh, I really have faith. Kind of reminds me of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said, everybody have a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden... Everybody has faith until that moment, that defining moment, that moment that says, now how do you really trust me? Now how do you really believe me? And and Abraham is now about to face that moment. The Bible says that God speaks to him again. See, Abraham had a prayer life, so he understood when when God speaks. And in the test... And please, brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, don't get it twisted. I got some educators in here. You know how they do it. They give you preparation for the test. They give you study material for the test. And then they give you the test. Well, God doesn't work that way. God gives you the test. And then say, go ahead, show me. And don't forget, he's omniscient, all-knowing. He already knew, but he needed Abraham to see. Do you really have faith like that? So I want you to go take your son. I'm going to tell you a mountain. Let me just read it because I, I want to keep it consistent. The 22nd chapter. This is Abraham's test of faith in God. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. First of all, you have to know the history of the people of Israel. They never had human sacrifices. God is asking him to do something at your own leisure. Read the account. Abraham does not hesitate. He does not do like some of us would have done. I need to pray about this. God done told you now you need to be faithful. I don't have to pray, huh? God has told, listen, the tenth belongs to me. He tells us these things, and we still insist I got to pray about it. <laughs> Abraham, if you watch, do you believe? Do your actions say that you believe? See, that, that's where I'm going with this. See, Abraham didn't question God. He, he didn't say, let me pray about it. He responded. Matter of fact, the Bible said he got up earlier that earlier than early. And took his son. Listen, we don't, we can't even phantom in our mind what it felt like to know what you were about to do. To know, you know. And how I know the son didn't know? Because they're walking. He said, hey, dad, we got the firewood. We got the knife, fire. Dad, you taught me how to sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? Can you imagine looking into your son's eye? And this is where faith that defies the outcome comes in. He says, son, the Lord. 
the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. I believe he he probably said it and, and had to fight back the tears because at this point he he as Mother Withers like to say, trust him when you can't even trace him. There's no evidence that God is here in this situation. I'm just responding. I said I believe, and my faith is showing that I believe. Son, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Continue to go on. They go up a little bit further. He says to the men that's with him, you stay here. Me and the lad will go yonder and sacrifice, and we'll come back. <laughs> See, that, that's where the faith that defies the outcome. He, I believe he said, you know what, God, I know you to be a promise keeper. And if you told me it's my seed that's going to be blessed and you tell me to take my seed and sacrifice him, then God, I ain't worried about it. No sweating here. You just going to have to raise him up again. <laughs> you going to have to raise him from the dead. The Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, as some of us would. You know, we, like I said, right then we'd be, see you, God. Come on, man. We're getting out of here. You just don't know what's waiting you if we go up that mountain. No. He continued to press forward on his assignment. The Bible said that he took his son and laid him down on the altar. This is a picture of Jesus here. Just kind of work with me. Fast forward. The Bible said that Jesus never said a murmuring word when they were about to crucify him. The account tells us that the old other two that was with him, they were probably screaming to the top of their lungs. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus never said one word. Nowhere in this account do you see his son. Don't forget now, he's a grown man, probably strapping young man, chiseled out, pumping iron. Nowhere do you see he resisted his father. Nowhere do you see he Man, what's wrong with you, old man? You trying to kill him? <laughs> he laid down. I submit to you. Jesus laid down his life. No man took it. So here he is, about to do what he needs to do. Ties his son up, takes the knife, and is prepared to do it. And the Bible says, a voice calls out from heaven. It says, Abraham, Abraham. This is where knowing the voice of the Lord pays off. Some of y'all would have just, somebody called me. Who was that? Somebody's called my name. See, because you don't know his voice, because you don't spend time with him. You don't get to know him intimately. You spend more time on yourself. Oh, Lord, don't let me get on that, please. Some of y'all wake up to your cell phone. What is my cell phone saying? You got to look at a text before you even get up and wipe the coal out of your eye. Guarantee you, you leave that cell phone somewhere. You be making haste to go back where it was. Not because you scare somebody stealing it, because you can't do without it. I'm going to tell you, we have become so dependent on cell phones. I had an episode not too long ago. Don't mind sharing. I lost my cell phones. But I, but I told my wife, I did. And if she be honest, tell the truth and stay in church, honey. I said, you know what? It's quite liberating not to have a cell phone. Don't have to worry about a text. Don't have to worry about calls. Her standard answer. But you the pastor. Pastor need a cell phone. And she's right. But I said all that to say, please, let's not become so dependent on it that it becomes our little G-O-D. You worship that phone. You pay more attention to that phone. You will do what that phone tells you to do. Better watch out for those artificial intelligent voices. It's not God. So as we begin to chronicle, we at the end. He does not have to kill his son. You know why? Because the Bible says when he looked up, there was a ram caught in the thicket, and he sacrificed that. That's what Jesus became, our substitute for us. We should have died. We should literally leave this earth 
and go to a devil's hell. But he said, not so. I'll step in. I'll be the sacrifice. You see, faith is not the denial of reality, but the recognition of what God said in his word. We must have biblical truth. We must have confidence in God who revealed truth. And we must exercise these truths despite external situations. Let me say this to you, that unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God. But faith puts God between us and our circumstances. Faith in God will move your mountains. I wish I could get somebody to believe that. I said faith in God will cause your mountains to be moved. If you believe, then your actions ought to show your belief. In other words, stop believing what you are seeing and start seeing what you say you believe. Biblical faith is the conviction of the reality of the truths and facts that God has revealed. Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.